my manufacturer delivered my first order from overseas and they didn't insure it. I just assumed that that was part of the shipment. They didn't insure it and FedEx lost one of my boxes. One mistake cost me $8,000. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, grown ups. School is definitely important for education, but there is nothing that will teach you life lessons like starting your own business. And we are getting a front row seat with our guest to some of the pitfalls that she encountered and that we can learn from. But first, I want to just welcome everyone here on the Financial Grown-Up Podcast. We talk to successful grown-ups who share money-related stories that made a big impact on their lives. And of course, the lessons from those experiences. For Canvas and Hyde founder and CEO, Lisa Pongrass, the lessons came fast. And in some case, as you already heard, they came to be very expensive for her young company. Yes, apparently it is on you to make sure there is insurance on a shipment. And as you will hear, some decisions made with the best financial intentions that looked really good at the time can come back to bite you right on that balance sheet. Lisa gets very candid about the harsh realities of being an entrepreneur with lots of friends and experts rooting for you and giving you advice, but still, in the end, It is on you to watch out for yourself and you own the decisions that you make. This is a great episode, not just for entrepreneurs, but for anyone who wants to be more aware of the consequences of money-related decisions, even the ones that seem so logical at the time. Those decisions that Lisa made are the ones, frankly, I could see myself making. She's really smart and yet so many obstacles. Make sure to stay to the end when she reveals the origin of the name of her company, Canvas and Hyde. It's not what you think. Here is Canvas and Hyde's Lisa Pongrass. Hey, Lisa Pongrass, you're a financial grown up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bobby. Pleasure to be here. I am excited to have you. You are one of our all-star female entrepreneurs. You're the founder and CEO of Canvas and Hide Luxury Handbags, which are stunning. As anyone who has had a chance to see them in person or on your fantastic Instagram knows. So congratulations on the business. Thank you. It's, um, it's certainly been an interesting journey. And you're out of startup territory at this point. It's been a few years. You've been featured all over the media, so people may have heard of you already, but you have a very unique money story that has to do with the start of the business and what, on the surface, I thought looked like a great decision to make sure you were getting the best prices for the high-end materials that you use, but you got an unexpected surprise. Tell us your money story, Lisa. So interestingly, I'm self-funded and when I started the business, I had to go out and source all of the materials. And having never worked in this field before, I went door to door, found the great leathers. In fact, I flew to Miami to get the, the hides that I was using initially for the bags. What I found, and because I guess when there's skin in the game, your own skin in the game, so much of it you really want to get the best prices for everything. And I found that people offered me 
greater discounts when I bought volume, which is pretty much standard in the industry. So, of course, what did I do? I bought volume in the assumption that I would be making a certain amount of inventory. Did you have any pre-sales at this point? None. You had no orders. Okay. No orders at this point. I'm a brand new (laughs) brand, never made a bag before. And I guess someone had said to me once that one of the single biggest contributing factors to small business failure is a lack of cash flow. Mm -hmm. And it obviously didn't resonate enough because I found quite quickly that I had all this great material, but not the cash flow to use it to go into production with all the bags. So had I had my time again, I definitely would have done that a little bit differently. So what happened? How'd you get out of this mess? How did I get out of the mess? Well, I didn't use all my capital and I did start selling the bags quite quickly. I got into 23 stores and that was then able to bring money back into the business. There were a few sleepless nights in there. In this industry, in the fashion industry, you make things and you, unless everything is for order, you never know if it's going to work or not. There's a little bit of a risk and a lot of luck. Fear is a little bit paralyzing, so I tried to not come from a place of fear. I had to have confidence, and I did have confidence in what I was creating. I was just very lucky to be around women, friends who empowered me and kept me going. For example, when you're buying the skins, you get a better price to buy more, but when you buy the hardware, I use the very best nickel-plated brass. It's the best hardware, and it's expensive. But if you buy a 1,000 of something, it's not as expensive. So I was buying in the thousands of these pieces of hardware. I used them all in the end. I mean, it's three years in, so I've actually had a chance to use them all, thank goodness. I've still got some skin sitting in storage. But how did I get out of it? I think just then the cash flow started to change the sales So I would be getting checks from my retailers and I was able to get myself out of it. You know, looking back, if someone had said to me, pay a little extra, but get less. So you're, you're not in the hole for that amount of money. I probably would have listened and that would have been a a more prudent way to go about it. Did it motivate you in a way because you suddenly had a (laughs) clock ticking, even though you had a little extra cash? There's something to be said for that pressure, whether it's welcome or not, it was there. Absolutely. Look, it's a catch-22 because by getting a better price, when you're doing your costings, you're able to use that better price to put together what it actually costs you to make. However, if the money is tied up in undeveloped or um, manufactured bags, then it's dead money. Did you have any business background? I mean, what were you basing all these ideas on? So I'd worked in PR and marketing. I'd worked for a magazine as a deputy editor of a fashion mag. And I'd also worked as an agent, a fashion agent. So I'd been in sales, but I'd never been in the business side of production before. The logistics of just just going into production, of sourcing materials, of getting the best prices for things. I'd never done any of that. And I had zero experience. Luckily, I was very naive because I look back now and had I known what I know now, I think I would have been too fearful to go into it. But I was, you know, ignorance is bliss in a bit of a way. And I I thought, how hard can it be? It's not brain surgery. How did you educate yourself? Trial and error. I've made some mistakes that were very costly. One mistake that 
cost me $8,000 that I'll never see is my manufacturer delivered my first order from overseas. So now I've diversified manufacturing. It's New York and Italy. And they just sent the order and they didn't insure it. I didn't know. I just assumed that that was part of the shipment. They didn't insure it and FedEx lost one of my boxes. So they didn't cover it. My manufacturer didn't cover it and I had to wear it. Wow. What other lessons have you learned? What else should new entrepreneurs know? You know, one of the ones that I've learned is there are lots of hidden costs that you don't see day to day. For example, when you have a website and you're with Square, there's a monthly fee. When you sell something, there is a a vendor's fee, which is, I think, 3 or 4% transaction fee. Google Drive, there's a monthly fee. QuickBooks, there's a monthly fee. Uh, There are so many fees that you sign up for at the beginning. And then after a while, you're thinking, wow, why is the bank balance diminishing so rapidly? And then when you go back in and you check it out, you think, well, I I don't really need that anymore. I don't need QuickBooks yet or a certain businesses. Every business is different, but I certainly learned that I signed up for things like Yelp or certain social media things that I I really didn't need to do. And I thought I did. So it sounds like basically when you started your business, you had costs, whether it be from buying too much inventory initially, too much supplies, and also maybe signing up for so many things that are ongoing subscriptions that maybe you found out you didn't necessarily need, they weren't quite right. What is the lesson from all of this for our listeners? I think take it slow. I think probably slow down and don't rush into committing to things that you don't really need. At the time, you think that you do need them. And then maybe revise it more regularly than I did. I certainly know that for the first year I worked out of my home, which was a good thing to do. I had that advice from people, don't go and get an office or a showroom too quickly, which I didn't do. And I'm very glad I have an office and a showroom now. And I don't think I could ever work from home again because I've just grown too much. But take it slow. Take it slow. That's great advice. Your everyday bunny tip is perfect coming from someone in the fashion business. (laughs) Tell us. (laughs) Well, I recently was going through my finances and I saw that one of the biggest expenses I had monthly was my dry cleaning bill. We can all relate. (laughs) I do buy quality. So I'm wearing things that are from 10 years ago, Yves Saint Laurent and beautiful quality. So I bought a steamer and I realized that, you know, you can have something that's beautiful that says dry clean only, but it doesn't literally mean that you have to dry clean it. You can steam it yourself. So I'm hoping that that's going to really reduce my costs. (laughs) Well, and you also, and I'm going to force you to throw in another one that you mentioned to me before we started recording about your dog, which is another fun, easy way to save money. (laughs) Maybe not always fun. My baby, well, (laughs) grooming is so expensive. So now I obviously I can't cut him myself, but I wash him myself. And it's a really nice bonding experience for my baby and I. Um, But it also saves me between $80 and $100 for a wash. So I do that. We do that every three or four weeks. And he loves it and I love it. And it's so cute. It's so (laughs) cute. And that's significant money. That's for real. I mean, if you're saving $100 a month, that's $1,200 a year. Yeah. That is a lot of money. 
Yeah, not only am I saving money, but he and I are having a fun time. And in fact, it always seems like one of those things, oh, I've got to wash the dog. And then the minute you start it, it's so much fun. It is. We <laughs> actually, we we wash our dog. My my listeners know my dog is Waffles. She's a Morky. And oh. my husband's really primarily in charge of the washing. I'm in charge of the drying. And she <laughs> loves it. She Does loves she it. Love she it? goes She goes into the shower. Yes. <laughs> And she's super cute. And she always looks so good when she comes out all clean. Does your dog run around the house crazy when she's wet? No, she does not. She stands nicely and waits for us to dry her. (laughs) (laughs) She's a very well-behaved dog. So I take it yours does? Uh, When he's wet, he can't wait to get out of the towel. And then he just zooms around the house and rubs up against the sofa. And it's very funny. So cute. What's his name? Quincy. Quincy. Okay, cool. All right. Before we wrap up, we need to hear more about Canvas and Hide. The book, the bags are stunning, but there's a lot more to it. Thank you. We make luxury. So every component of the bag is the best. I use the best rope in the handles, the best lining, the best leather, the best quality material for the hardware, nickel plated brass. And they're very classic, very timeless. I like to think that you're going to buy a canvas and hide bag and be wearing it for the next five, 10 years. And tell us where people can find out more about canvas and hide and more about you and your story. (laughs) So the website is canvasandhide.com and it's hide is spelled H-Y-D-E. I started the business and it was about the blank canvas of my new life at 47 and the Jekyll and Hyde duality of human nature, which is why it's spelled H-Y-D-E. Oh, wow. I love that. Don't forget, give us your social handles because people should definitely follow so they can see all the beautiful bags. Okay. So it's Canvas and Hide Handbags at Canvas and Hide Handbags. Obviously, my website is www.canvasandhide.com and Facebook, Canvas and Hide as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bobby. Okay, here we go. Financial grown-up tip number one. Lisa went through her business expenses and realized that all the little things were really adding up to big things. This applies to apps, subscriptions, and probably a lot of things that I'm not even thinking of right now. Some of them may be worth it, but sometimes you realize maybe you don't need the premium version of everything. Maybe you can step it down a notch. Do an inventory of all the little things, cut as many as you possibly can, maybe cut all of them even, and then just add them back in one by one, the ones that you feel you really need or you miss. Financial grown-up tip number two. Lisa talks about buying a steamer and slashing her dry cleaning bill. She also washes her dog at home. The truth is, we can all do a lot more at home. If you're into facials, maybe go sometimes, but do some at home, for example, or find ways to make things last longer. Take your shoes and have new soles put on them instead of going out and purchasing new ones. It's also a lot more sustainable, better for the environment. What's your advice for people in startup mode in life or with a company? What decisions have you made with the best intentions that have come back to bite you financially? Let me know. I want to hear. DM me on Instagram. I am at BobbyRebel1, on Twitter at BobbyRebel. And I would love to invite you to get on the grown up list. You can do it at my website, BobbyRebel.com, and get my free curated list of grown up recommendations. Finally, everyone, check out the beautiful bags at Canvas and Hide and follow them on Instagram. It is great, long-lasting, and stunning stuff. 
so worth the grown-up splurge. And I don't say that a lot, but this stuff will last you a lifetime, pretty much. It's beautiful. And big thanks to Lisa Pongratz for helping us all be financial grown-ups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.